The Big Scary Show is brought to you in part by Dark Imaginings. Web design, creepy changing portraits, and much, much more. Darkimaginings.com For the deepest, darkest clues, to the backwoods swamp where we hit the bottom, for the inside of your casket, to the fears lying deep inside your subconscious, it's time for the Big Scary Show. It's me, John Kassir, the voice of the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> and you're listening to The Big Scary Show, the top podcast in the industry. <laughs> Hi, I'm Kim. My name's Rebecca. <laughs> Exit 13 Haunted House in Mount Morris, Michigan. You're listening to The Big Scary Show. Hi, this is Paul Lanner from Monsters Against Hate, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. This is Michael Edwards from Terror in the Corn in Erie, Colorado, and you're listening to The Big Scary Show. You're listening to The Big Scary Show with three big scary men and one that wears more makeup than I do. It's the May 8th, 2021, episode 236 of The Big Scary Show. The haunt convention season is finally here after a year off because of the pandemic. As Transworld 2021 is now in full swing in St. Louis. Badgers are covering the event as eager vendors and attendees finally are able to converge on St. Louis. In this episode of The Big Scary Show, the roundtable of terror returns as the co-hosts sit down with Kim and Rebecca from Exit 13 Haunted House and Steve Guild from Fight Farm to discuss set design and more. Badger reads Deadline News and Storm rants about forced perspective and tiny presidents in a haunt minute. Meat Hook Jim returns with Between the Corpses and continues talking about funeral practices in Madagascar. We have a new gruesome giveaway this month and we get yet another break from Vister and the Haunt Vista in 2021. And I'll be spinning some spooky tunes to get you all in the mood for Transworld 
and also include a sneak peek from my upcoming Next Haunt CD. All this and more on episode 236 of The Big Scary Show. Suspiria, together, the ultimate in total terror, 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 terror. Enter the haunted world of Fright Find and discover an environment dedicated to promoting your haunt. Target customers who will influence others on attending haunt attractions as Fright Find brings in scream seekers looking for haunted places, events, and accommodations of every sort. Various exposure options give you the ability to reach your audience throughout the year. Don't be afraid. Go to FrightFind.com now to add your haunt for free and see for yourself the difference Fright Find will make in your haunt listing. Hey folks, it's Drew Badger. This is Deadline News for episode 236, and we're kicking things off with news from the Fear Factory SLC in Salt Lake City, Utah. Tickets for our Lights Out event, nearly all the lights are turned off, are now on sale, May 21st and 22nd, for our Halfway to Halloween celebration. Our show will still be COVID safe too, with reduced occupancies, and we can't wait to show off our newly redesigned areas. Plus, our 10th anniversary gear, shirts, swag, and more will be on sale as well. Buy early, we're expecting to sell out. Get more information at fearfactorysLC.com. We have this update from the Evil Expo's Splendidly Sinister Summer Spectacular. As V is for Villains puts it, Villains Never Die. We are the world's largest convention and festival for people who love every kind of villain, from Darth Vader to Sauron to the Joker, and everyone in between. We have massive line entertainment, panels, gaming, discussions, vendors, parties, entertainment, escapes rooms, Halloween rooms, museum displays, authors, actors, makers, creators, cosplay, so much more. Our lineup is too vast to list here, but you can find it all at evilexpo.com. Yes, not only will your favorites from Evil Expo Online be there, but we'll have new panels, new performers, new speakers, and a bounce house. Come see us online or in person this summer. Come be a part of our mad bid for world domination at the world's greatest place to be a villain. If you got tickets for February's Evil Expo, they will be good, not only for that online event, but also for this event, with a few special bonuses, like our special guest exclusive panels, Likewise, if you bought tickets for our Evil Expo online event, message our Facebook page for special offers and thank you rewards. If you don't have tickets, you should get some today. This is the biggest villainous festival in the universe. Don't miss it. Get more information at that Facebook page, facebook.com slash evilexpo. 
We have this news from the Myers House in Hillsboro, North Carolina. Hey everyone, want to visit the Myers House in North Carolina? I'm excited to announce that I'm now offering free monthly exterior house tours. I've been getting messages from fellow fans daily who are interested in coming to check out the house, so I thought this was the best way to do it. Pre-scheduled house visit days that you can sign up for. Tickets are limited to each day, so be sure to sign up early. I did individually schedule appointments to visit my home for well over a decade and simply allowed fans to check out the house, but never did an actual tour. House visits will include an exterior tour of the house, a free Myers House NC postcard, and free trick-or-treat candy. Tour will highlight a brief history of the Myers House, as well as the original house, but watch out for the boogeyman. Michael Myers may make an appearance on select dates to pose for pictures and possibly murder you. All details and schedule of house visit dates are available at MyersHouseNC.com slash visit. We have this update to Days of the Dead coming to Las Vegas. Hey, Sin City. Days of the Dead will be invading May 14th through the 16th. Check out the celebrity lineup, including cast members of Jaws, Alice Cooper and Corey Taylor of Slipknot, the cast of A Nightmare on Elm Street 3, Dream Warriors, Ray Wise, and so many more. Don't miss this show. We'll also have our regular events scheduled featuring the Chaos Tomb Showdown, Tom Devlin's FX Makeup Showdown, and that Damn Tattoo Contest. Buy your tickets and get more information at Days of the Dead. We have some sad news from the Haunted Mansion at Door County KOA in Brussels, Wisconsin. The Haunted Mansion is permanently closing. During its 14-year history, this school-wide fundraising event expanded over time to include a corn maze, trail, bus ride, paintball, escape room, and mansion. In total, the Haunted Mansion raised over $415,000 for pre-K-12 student programs in the Southern Door County School District and earned the title as fan-favorite Northeast Region Haunted Attraction for 10 years. While we are grateful for the more than 500 volunteers annually, much of the work fell on the shoulders of the mansion's core leadership team who dedicated more more than 4,000 volunteer hours each year. We have so many people to thank for the years of support. We thank all the incredible volunteers over the years, especially the core leadership team who put their whole lives into this adventure. We thank Quiet Woods for hosting the event for 14 years, and we thank Door County KOA for inviting us to continue with them as well. We thank all of our sponsors who helped us financially, and of course, we thank all of our brave visitors over the years for coming out to the campgrounds year after year. Thank you for all the memories. Keep up with any updates at their Facebook page, facebook.com slash Haunted Mansion Southern Door. And finally, we have this Halloween news from M&M's via yahoo.com. M&M's is one of those brands that will jump on, jump in on seasonal flavors as much as they can, and boy, do people appreciate it. You might remember back in 2017, the candy company released a cookies and scream flavor, especially for Halloween. It's been four long years, but it appears that the variety is making a comeback for 2021. A spooky treat includes dark chocolate and white chocolate, and was designed to taste like a chocolatey cream-filled sandwich cookie. So if you're into Oreos, 
and frankly, who isn't, the cookies and scream will give you a similar taste. Thanks to a tip from Instagram account TMC Reviews, we found that the M&M's cookies and scream candles have been listed online. Myers put the Halloween candy on its site on March 27th, so kudos to them for getting a head start on the tasty news we crave. The difference this time around, however, is that instead of an outer black shell and white speckles, they're a mix of black, white, and orange candies. If history has taught us anything, it's that M&M's typically releases its Halloween flavors like the Creepy Cocoa Crisp during the summertime, so it's not outlandish to believe that these will be making their way to shelves in July or August. Remember, folks, if you have news in the haunted house, Halloween, or horror industries, and you want it on the show, email it to us, news at bigscaryshow.com, and we'll get it on the show. No news is too big or too small. This concludes this edition of the Big Scary Show's Deadline News. <laughs> Jerry Vane, the Twisted Tea Party, on the Big Scary Show.
Are you looking for a comprehensive ticketing solution for your haunted attraction? HauntPay has the answer. We skip the features you don't need and focus on the ones you like, such as timed ticketing and repeat time slots, variable ticket types, bundle and combo tickets, social media discounts, and now featuring all-in-one options including managing your tickets online and at the door, as well as upselling and managing your merchandise and concessions with a comprehensive report on everything at the end of the night. Head on over to hauntpay.com and get started in 60 seconds for free. Broadcasting to you from the darkest reaches of the earth, this is a Haunt Minute. And now, with this week's commentary, Storm. Alright, so for years, Haunters have been able to use a variety of things in order to warp reality and uh, make our guests absolutely feel like they're in a different world and have things not be what they expect it to be, to, to, to change the very essence of reality on them. And one of these tools that we've used for years is something called force perspective. Force perspective is when you, you know, can arrange things of different sizes to make an item look bigger or look like it's more in the distance or just look off for some reason. You know, force perspective has been used um, to correct mistakes in the past, especially at attractions. Um, one of the most famous ones is a... Um, grotto for Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs with these statues. Uh, I believe they're fiberglass or, or made, but the original mold was based on a uh, series of soaps. But the soaps had Snow White the same size as the Seven Dwarfs. So these statues were made that way for this grotto. And instead of redoing um, Snow White at a different scale, they use a force perspective, putting Snow White at the very top of a waterfall. So even though she's the same size, your eye made you think that she was further away because of her positioning. So that, you know, it looked like it should be like that. Like, oh yeah, she'd look the same size as the dwarves in height because she's further away. So now we're left with the strangest puzzle and really one that even Force Perspective uh, has difficulty trying to explain. Yes, that is the image of the super giant president. Yes. President Joe Biden and his wife are taking a picture with Jimmy and Rosalind Carter. Hey, yeah, they're around and like a gazillion years old and, you know, they get to meet the, the president first lady, so let's take a picture. Now, for some strange reason, the Carters are sitting on, you know, their uh, lounge chairs, which, all right, makes sense, and the Carters are kneeling next to them. But the Carters look, th I mean, the Bidens look three times the size as the Carters sitting on the chairs. No, kneeling next to them, it's like, you know, if, if you ever had, like, a dollhouse and try and had the wrong thing, the wrong size thing in it, you know, the, the, the Bidens look twice as big as the Carters. It is so weird. Go ahead and Google it. 
Now, there's a lot of things they're saying. Why this picture is this way? Oh, why did it do this? And, you know, they'll have you read a whole giant paragraph. And, oh, well, it's a fisheye lens. Or it's got a flare to this side. And, you know, it's, it's a special thing like that. And it's a forced perspective. Which, okay, yeah, makes sense. Why is the lamp not tiny in the center? You'd think that there'd be something with that. So, yeah. The magic of force perspective is something that's in the news with this amazing picture of the President First Lady with the former President First Lady. Or we have a giant president. Or a really tiny former president. So until next time, keep every minute scary. Tune in next episode for another hot minute. And in the meantime, share your opinion on the Big Scary Show Facebook page and on Twitter at Big Scary Store. Hi, this is Josh Gates from Travel Channel's Expedition Unknown reminding you to send all hate mail to storm at bigscaryshow.com. Want to take your haunt to a new dimension of terror? Then let Dark Imaginings conjure up some ghoulish graphics and web design services for your home, haunt, or crypt. Since 2007, professional and home haunters alike have trusted our award-winning and dedicated skeleton crew to make their nightmares come true. Whether you need graphic design services, logos, websites, spooky visuals, or creepy changing portraits, we can help your business look its scary best. To see more of our products and services, drop by darkimaginings.com. Let us help you get ahead of your competition. <laughs> And ladies and gentlemen, that music does mean that you are listening to the Round Table of Terror here on the Big Scary Show. We're just counting down the moments until Transworld starts. In fact, by the time this show airs, Transworld will be going on. The people will be buying products, animatronics, and makeup, and set pieces, and costumes, and you know, static props, and everything you need to get a good, solid haunted house for this season. But uh, one of the things you absolutely must have before you have a successful haunt is a plan, preferably a good set design and all that good stuff. In fact, a lot of haunters and have told us that they can't make Transworld this year because they're in the middle of build season. They've got too much going on. And, you know, you've had almost two years, some of these haunts, a year and a half, two years to work on your sets and your scenic designs, and you really want to just wow your customers this year as opposed to just slapping something up in September like some of those haunts over there may do. But uh, we thought we would talk to some folks who do set design for a living at some various haunts around the country and find out just, you know, what they've been up to for the past year and a half. Uh, how... <laughs> how... 
Yes, indeed. How important it is to have a set design plan in effect. And, and what exactly do set designers do? You know, there are some freelancers out there that work around the country for various haunts doing stuff. You may have a haunt with a full-time or a part-time guy that goes around and works in the middle of the night painting and drilling and sawing and all that good stuff. But let's talk to some set designers for this episode so that when you bring home that fantastic piece of animatronic work or something or those wall panels you'll have somebody that hopefully will know what to do with them I want to start off with some guests up in mount morris michigan up at exit 13 we have kimberlina kimberlina sanger and i know i'm going to butcher this rebecca pike you, you got it you did it Oh, that's a that's a very it's spelled very Eastern European. Is it Polish or yes. Latvian? What is it? Uh, Polish. Yeah. Ah, very nice. <laughs> Welcome, ladies. Oh. To the big scary show. And also down in Smithfield, Pennsylvania, from Fright Farm, we have Steve Guild, who is actually not at that haunt. He is actually at Carnage Haunt in Columbus, Ohio, tonight. He's one of those freelance guys, I guess. He's working there on, no doubt, something incredibly scary. Steve, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Thanks for having me on here. Absolutely. Uh, watch out for that thing behind you. So it, it looks pretty scary there. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, that's our, my old Vlad. He's, uh, he keeps me company here up in the shop. Some Very nice. Some nights. <laughs> and I also want to welcome our host up in Rhode Island. We have Storm. You know, in the off-air show, we were comparing notes on how haunted everything is. So I just want to let everybody know that I'm mere feet away from the final resting place of Rhode Island's founding father, Samuel Gorton. Gorton's Fisherman? Don't ask. See the Gorton's Fisherman? Anyway. <laughs> down, in, down in Cincinnati, Ohio, we have Meat Hook Jim. And I do live in a haunted house, and Jerry Vane can attest to it. Amen on that one. And across from a very large cemetery. Yep. And up in Columbus, Ohio, we have the aforementioned Jerry Vane. I just got a house full of deadbeats that don't pay rent. <laughs> <laughs> and ghosts like to pull his hair. Uh, My name is I used to, when I used to have hair. <laughs> yes, poor guy. Mm -hmm. As I pull out my long flowing locks. My name is Drew Badger, normally in Charlotte, North Carolina. I'm actually on the road right now. I am in Memphis, Tennessee. Hanging out Bell in a Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, hanging out in a Taco Bell parking lot so I can use their Wi-Fi, which is very unstable. So this should be interesting. <laughs> right across the street from the haunted web of horrors, Memphis's coolest haunted house, according to a friend of ours who was going to be on the show tonight but couldn't make it because he is too busy trying to get his booth for Transworld Ready. But I digress. Ladies and Steve, welcome to the show. Let's talk set design. Um, were both your haunts open last year? Exit 13 was open and was Fright Farm open? Were they? Yeah. And how'd you guys do? Um, well, Fright Farm was open. I guess I'll go first. Um, Fright Farm was open last year. Uh, we did pretty good. Um, we're, we did a little bit less than our normal numbers, but for the most part, uh, we did all right. We had to, we did, we did have to implement a lot of social distancing and things like that. Um, we had to close down the uh, inside portions of our attractions and we primarily focused on a outdoor show. We have a hayride and uh, two outdoor attractions and a maze. 
um, oh, followed with the inside portion, which was closed. But we had to, um, our hay wagons load quite a few people. We can load, um, you know, 50 to 65 people on a hay wagon typically. And uh, for COVID uh, social distancing standards, uh, that didn't, uh, that wouldn't fly. So we had to actually um, put seats on our hay wagons this year. So we had benches that the customers would sit on and they were, uh, they were appropriately distanced and uh, they were back to back from each other. So you'd be sitting a little section with the group you came with. Nice. How about exit 13? Were you guys open? Yeah, we were open with restrictions, of course. Um, the biggest change that we had to make this year is we're usually a touch haunt. And of course, we couldn't do that this year, along with like other, you know, like Steve said, less people and clean stuff and make sure they're keeping their distance and all that stuff. But we did really well within those restrictions and our, our time ticketing system really helped with that, obviously. Nice. Now, as set designers and scenic designers, how was last year different from a typical year? Did you have to make things wider, more uh, spaced out, and all that kind of stuff in order to meet COVID restrictions? I'll answer that one. So <laughs> usually we do our typical decorating where we just, we are so into detail. And we did our normal decorating and we did our best year at yeah. that time. Yeah. And what happened opening weekend? Kids destroyed it. So we had, every weekend that we were open because we were so busy, mm -hmm. we basically had to go in and reset like basically everything. It didn't matter if it was screwed down. They were still pulling it up. If things were glued down. The, the crowd this year was just totally different from any other year. So um, this year going into it, now we know, yes, we're going to give them a little bit more space. Right. And we are going to put the really good breakable stuff real far away from everybody. I mean, <laughs> yeah, we got a little dangerous. And I was telling her when we were building it, like over the summer last year, not this summer right now, I was like, are we sure? And she's like, oh, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Or I would, she would ask me if I was sure. And I would well, be like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, because we're so handicapped. So we have bigger accessible. hallways to begin with because we are handicapped accessible. But um, even with that, everything was basically destroyed. destroyed. And it was like every week we had to fix something or whatever. But yeah. I would say other than that, we've always, we've never tried to pack a million people into our yeah. haunted house. Mm -hmm. And our actors is usually just one actor to a room. So there's space for them to get away from the customer and stuff like that. So we didn't have to make a huge amount of change in the maze itself in order to implement the safety that we had to do. It was just like, instead of standing here, stand here. Yeah. basically for our actors so because of some of our rooms being so big we are kind of already set up for success in that yeah but and we kept our social distancing with the actors and the customers in the room yeah, yeah. this year or this last year <laughs> how about you steve how were how were some of the changes at fright farm you mentioned you know couldn't do much indoor but did you have to design the hayride in a different way or some of the outdoor stuff um, absolutely. 100%. Um, so I mentioned before we had to implement, um, seating onto the hay wagons. Uh, normally we have our customers, um, you know, just, just, you know, packed in like little sardines into the, uh, into the, uh, wagons, but we absolutely told ourselves, you know, like, no, 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 this is absolutely not going to fly this year. Um, it, you know, whether they would let us do it or not, we didn't want to do it. And, um, we, we put these seats in and it took us a couple of times, you know, we first we had just, you know, down lengthwise of the wagon, very long, like 20, I think it's like 20, 25 foot long benches. And that didn't work. You know, um, we were still packing people in the same amount and we were like, no, this isn't going to work. 
So then we changed it and we did it uh, horizontally and we did little uh, four and a half, five foot long benches. And, um, and then, and then we were able to space them appropriately. And then we would sit uh, a group. And so you'd be back to back with the group behind you, um, which helped a little bit because, you know, people weren't facing each other as much. And then if you were facing another group, it was, um, it was who you came with. So, um, and if a family did request, we, uh, we actually would leave a blank space. We would leave a blank section. Um, if they had requested and we would put little signs up and say, you know, Hey, if you'd want to do this or our staff members would offer it, you know, um, but we had to design the hayride. Um, you know, I had a lot of, tr- I had a lot of challenges designing the hayride this year because, um, you know, we, we needed to have a longer show. Uh, nor- typically the hayride is a pretty quick thing, but we needed to up that. And um, so uh, one thing that Fright Farm really didn't have was a storyline. And uh, we added a, we added a, a storyline into the show and gave it characters and, and um, content and, you know, and, and, and it really helped us with uh, that design phase as well, because once I, once we were able to cling on to a storyline, uh, we were then able to uh, tell the story as, as we went through the show, which to me is really important. Um, but the, uh, we have these barns that our wagons pull into and the garage doors shut. We, uh, we, sometimes we would just run chainsaws and they would do a little bit of strobes and things like that, things they had done in the past. Um, I just recently started working with these guys about two years ago. So um, the changes that are now implemented are, are pretty, pretty new. Um, but the, the barn, as I had said, um, this year we, I had designed an entire show. I'm very, very, very much a fan of the um, Universal Studios style pre-shows. Um, you know, when you go to the, uh, you know, ride like Transformers or something like that at, at uh, Universal Studios, I really love how um, just the advancement of a tech technology and all sorts of stuff can really like enrapture like the entire scene and, and the customers all as one. So uh, I designed this full uh, show with a, with a Boobox Flex Max and uh, we had every single output used on the controller. And then I actually had a, a second controller with another eight outputs hooked up to that. And we had everything from lasers to geysers shooting down from the ceiling onto the wagon, uh, you know, six, seven flash plates. Uh, we had a Gorgor rat puppet that would come out and charge at the wagon. And um, I, I actually constructed a um, distortions uh, style uh, hot seat. Um, I'm a fabricator and a welder. So I, I whipped one up because um, budgetary constraints, you know, I can't go out and drop 10 grand on the hot seat as much as I love distortions. If I had the budget, I would do it in a heartbeat second. Um, but, uh, I digress, you know, we, we, we had a really big wild scene and, um, it was mimed by the actor. It was a voiceover and, and we, I did these pre-recorded shows, um, for our hayride. And it, uh, it really made a huge difference because the customers had something to, um, in front of them it was like small little, little plays and skits essentially. And um, we had two or three of those along the entire hay rides, which helped with our length. And then once they got to the mansion, um, I had actually designed from scratch a, a large, giant, uh, 14 foot tall animatronic uh, gatekeeper. He uh, he was to guard the portal of the mansion this year. So uh, which was also within the storyline. But we had uh, we had to really, really bring the uh, animation factor and the immersion factor up quite a bit to combat with the um, w- with just the ongoing thing of, oh, we're in a pandemic. 
we really wanted to pull people out of that, that mindset, you know, and kind of make them forget about it for a minute and just enjoy what they were viewing. You know, I found that was really important. And that's an extra unique challenge too. I mean, so many people don't realize how difficult a hayride can be to design. Uh, they think, oh, it's out in the woods, it's spooky and stuff with it. If you don't set the mood and you don't uh, play into it, it's neat. But I got to say, uh, the extra challenge you had, too, was the orientation of uh, where the customers were sitting on the hayride, because that is just massive in outdoor design and hayride design. Uh, did you have to make changes for that as they figured out the best way to put the customers on the wagons? That I'm so, that's, that's great you asked it, because I, I did miss that in thinking here. Um, yeah, hundred percent. So as far as the barn scene went, um, mm. it was a lab. It was a large lab. So I was able, because I had so much tech and so much other, you know, industrial theming in there. Um, I was like, oh my God, my customers on the left aren't going to be able to see, you know, our main character mastermind, the scientist. And, you know, he fries the girl in the chair to power the entire system because mere electricity on, on our planet is not enough to open the portal and summon the beasts from within. So we, you have to take a human life. Well, that whole show happens on the right side of the, dri uh, the driver's side, the right side of the wagon. Well, the customers on the left, you know, they, 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 gotta, they gotta, you know, they'd have to do that when we had the, the benches long ways and it was a pain. But now that the benches are horizontal, they can just look to the left or to the right. And um, I had already designed the room and done all the stuff when we had the long benches. So I actually designed the room for the long bench, uh, the hay wagons. So I actually put televisions up and then I, I went to Harbor Freight and I bought these cheap $30 cameras and they were black and white night vision. And I just aimed them down on the stage and I had these big uh, like 35 inch, 34 inch TVs. And I just put two of them up and the customers over there, they could see everything and it looked themed in, you know, it, it followed with it. Oh, that's but awesome. Once we had the horizontal, uh, the benches, um, they, they got to see the left and the right side and the TV's just added to it. So it worked out. I'm jealous. That's a, that's the neatest idea to actually, you know, project some of your own scene to, to somebody else on a wagon like that, especially if you're doing a, uh, uh, security or a, um, what do you call it? Uh, a science theme like that. Yeah, yeah. Oh my goodness. Ah, I'm I'm hurting now because ten years ago, if I if we had done that or thought of something like that, we could have actually had our zombies coming out of the dark and you'd see them on a screen first before yeah. they get to your hayride. That is so cool. Yeah. Thank That's you. That's pretty neat. Now, Rebecca and Kimberlino, what were some of the biggest challenges you had last year? I mean, you know the state of Pennsylvania and the state of Michigan probably had different restrictions. So I'm, and there wasn't really a national standard, but uh, what were besides, you know, the, the wider aisles and the no touching policy and all that, what were some of the biggest issues that you had when you realized, you know, we're going to have to make some changes for the pandemic as far as the way we design scenes. Well, the scenes, let me, let me just, uh, had, uh, Sorry, we had somebody just flush in. Sorry, um, my boys just got home from hockey, so they're <laughs> quietly walking in and they're going to quietly go sit down. Okay. Um, but yeah, so sorry about that. Um, I think that, like we had said earlier, we were kind of lucky that we had already these existingly big, big rooms. rooms. Um, so we didn't have to make a huge, huge amount of changes other than the no touch. Um, and other than outside in our parking lot, which isn't really scenic, they had to like basically make some stuff out there well, what we did, it, yeah, what we did was um, 
a lot of our protocols happened in the parking lot. We actually parked you, we took your temperature, you bought your ticket in your vehicle or you bought it ahead of time online, you did everything. You, you spoke to somebody, got your ticket, and then we put you in line and put you in the hot. Once you got in, you, I mean, the rooms were so big. I mean, you just run right through. That's what they were doing this year, just running right they through. They were basically not appreciating all the hard work. But the biggest traveling. changes that we're going to be doing <laughs> this year is, again, we're going to focus on the parking lot. We're going to build uh, ticket booths in the parking lot. We're going to get more people in the parking lot, yes. handle our crowds that way. But inside, I think we've done a pretty excellent job. I'm not going to... Even there was just some that. rooms yeah. where we were like, okay, maybe like I had said earlier, like the actor's set point was in a different spot, or we just didn't have an actor in one of the spaces where we would normally have an actor because our sets for now, like we, we, that last year, we weren't even sure if we were going to be able to open, do the restrictions yeah. up until obviously we were planning like we were, but we weren't giving ourselves, trying to bite off more than we could chew by making huge, huge changes we just kind of concentrated on making it as safe yeah. as we could. For... Those were the big changes. Yeah. Basically, I mean, we we had to do so much um, mm -hmm. to prepare. We uh, are front and back in session. Um, yeah. We had antibacterial stuff everywhere. We had to uh, check people what they have to walk through the metal detector. That yeah. We did so much this year uh, with keeping people safe and protocols and everything like that. Um, I think one of the big yeah. things we like, like, uh, kind of like themed in like a can of disinfectant or like yeah. something for the for the actor to just be able to like keep things clean for themselves and keep to a level where they're comfortable because the safety of our patrons and our our staff was obviously our highest concern uh, yeah definitely. and we were trying to do whatever we could so if they said you know you gotta do this we were like okay how do we make that happen but the everything was changing so much we kind of were just like Let's do the best we can. But we stayed know? with it. We yeah. With it. Yeah. We had a really great season too. So I think our biggest changes, like we said, that of the actual work was just trying to make it better eye-catching for our customers of like trying to put more on a table, trying to put more on the walls, trying to put more that they can look at since we couldn't have our actors right in their faces this yeah. year. Um, and, and they we, had, and they had a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, we had a lot of more broken a lot of things. But. Yeah. We definitely did. I think that I was our that biggest year. challenge was just more broken things because the actors weren't able to be as close and monitor the customers as much, or they weren't engaging with the actors as much because we couldn't be yeah. right in that bubble. We were literally six feet away from the customers yeah. in the lawn. Yeah. So that yeah. was, I think, our biggest, like trying to, trying to make it beautiful and amazing and people go, oh my God, wow, but also scary, scary mm -hmm. and not have everything get ruined. And keep, it, keep everyone <laughs> safe. Yeah. yeah. Being, being that you guys are known for a touch haunt and normally have the actors in your face and everything, mm -hmm. were there complaints from the regular customers who were expecting that? Or was everybody just kind of like, well, we kind of understand this year there and, was a few and hopefully it'll be back next year. Yeah. Yeah. There's there a few people yeah. that were upset. They were jokingly upset, like friends, you know, like, oh man, I really wish you could. It's like, no, we can't. And I, we're not going to. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I, I am one of the actors also. And I got offers from customers of everything under the sun, hundred dollars, drugs for, like every night, nights for be, me yeah. to be able to beat them up or whatever. <laughs> yeah. yeah. They were like, please Whatever touch dreams, me. Right? Please touch me. And I get weird requests all the time. But we don't beat people up there. I just well, want to add that in. Yeah. yeah. Normally beat people up. I mean, that's a wrong time. Of, that's the wrong type of haunt there. <laughs> Throwing. We'll, we'll give you money if you do this. Oh, dude, you're in the wrong neighborhood. The wrong yeah. neighborhood. Exactly. <laughs> I had a guy offer me $100 to shave his head. 
So it's like, there's weirdos up in there. It's very strange. So I think that was the biggest thing was like, most of our customers were cool. But you know, um, a lot of people were happy just to get out of the house and go to do something. Yeah, and they were so like they were so thrilled just to be there. Honestly. We we do uh, during regular seasons. We do offer a no touch option though, just for people that aren't comfortable with it, which we don't have as many people sign up for as you would think. Um, so just so if anybody's listening and they're like, I don't want to go to exit thirteen because they're going to touch me in the future, you can pay us extra to not touch you. So, but, but yeah, that was, I think the hardest, like when I, when I would talk to customers or she deals with our customers a lot in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. Um, but I helped manage the social media was like, a lot of the customers were kind of prepared for this mentally, maybe not in their hearts. They were kind of hoping that we were going to be like, haha, just kidding. We're actually going to touch you. But once we explained to people like you, we literally can't, there's no safe way for you and for our actors for that to happen. They were like, oh, okay, I get it. And just kind of like maybe next year, like you had said. And it wasn't like we normally do one night that's kind of more extreme, especially like we have a night where other haunters come in from Michigan haunts and we get a little crazier on those nights. Even then they were like, oh, are you going to be, you know, jello again this time? And like we, we just can't. It's not, you know, it's not in that uh, COVID safety plan. <laughs> right. Almost sounds like McCamey. Wow. When did you guys start? (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. No, we are kidding. Like that sort of thing. No shade to them. Please enjoy. Go do it. But yeah, we do. (laughs) We do get that comparison a lot on our extreme nights, but it's a little more team than that. It's just kind of like we everything we do, we try to be as safe as possible. And that's again, not shade. Against but our customers matter. are weirdos and they love it. But like, we can't saying. do enough to be honest. Sometimes they really, people are mad yeah. we didn't kill them. They really are upset. So they get bad reviews because we didn't actually beat their ass. And it's like, what? Stop it. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, yeah. yeah. But that, but no, we, we actually had the guys uh, from McKinney Manor a couple, not last year, but the year before they came in and walked through. It was kind of cool. Russ came with them yeah. and was like, oh my gosh, hey, yeah, I know him. <laughs> hey, the, one, the one thing i'd say about russ is if you're doing a touch haunt hey it's, well, not, a bad thing. it's not a bad thing to be friends with like that because huh. when you're writing your waivers if you do waivers right. um that's someone that is going to know every single thing you need to have in that waiver so mm-hmm. hey there you go. Yeah, he's oh, he's got his legal he's got his legal stuff down. So he, 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 he well, asked yeah, a question. Yeah, talk to somebody that that's on that man that dude so far has been untouchable. Uh, he ain't been sued as far as I know, you know, or nothing. So no, he's just been thrown out every when, state he's been in. Yeah, <laughs> you know? he got we've had him on the San Diego. He got yeah. kicked. He got he got he got he got ran out of town. Sure, but I, I don't think man's been sued, right? You know, no, so, no. Yeah, yeah. He's, we've had him on the show talking about extreme haunts before, and he genuinely is a nice guy. And you know, yeah, he's like him he's or hate scared him. He's of his own haunt. <laughs> he's scared yeah. of his own haunt. He's the one that created it. Well, I was gonna say, of her own haunt. Yeah, so, like it's you know, but no, we don't have anything against it. We just hear that so much that it's like, oh no, that again. But no, it's very, <laughs> it's a uh, sometimes flattering comparison. Sometimes it's like, oh. Thank yeah. you, I guess, you know, but yeah, we, we do it just special nights, not every night. People know ahead of time it's 18 and up, waivers, all that fun stuff, and we make sure it's safe. Sure. As we can. 
just like I he do doesn't. Want, I do want to remind you, you are listening to the Roundtable of Terror here on the Big Scary Show. We are talking set design with Kimberlina Sanger and Rebecca Peitch of Exit 13 in Michigan, Steve Guild with Fright Farm in Pennsylvania, our usual co-host. We're going to take a very short break here, and we'll be right back. It's back. It's bigger, and it's better than ever. Transworld's Halloween and Attraction Show is back at the America Center in St. Louis, May 6th through the 9th. You've been waiting patiently for all the classes, seminars, special events, and of course that trade show floor filled with all your favorite and many brand new vendors. With wider aisles for social distancing, a mandatory mask requirement, and all COVID protocols in effect, as determined by the city of St. Louis and the state of Missouri, Transworld will be bigger, better, and safer for everyone. But what about the Christmas show? Transworld's Christmas show will be co-located with the Halloween and Attraction show, as well as the Room Escape Conference, catering to the Room Escape, virtual reality, and adventure game industries. So what are you waiting for? Get to HAAShow.com and get registered today. HAAShow.com and we'll see you in St. Louis. And we're back to the Roundtable of Terror. We are talking set design and all sorts of things with the folks from Exit 13 and Fright Farm and our usual co-host. And Storm, while we were having the break, you brought up a very good question and something that is essential for good set design. Essential and and also for set designers, I always find it's something that's both an incredible resource and incredibly frustrating. And that is lighting because it can change a mood. It can do such neat things with your um, scene, with everything you put into it. And then you can also have this beautifully built scene and you think you have it lit perfectly and it's great. And the opening weekend, all you hear is from everybody is it needs to be darker, needs to be darker, needs to be darker. Um, what kind of challenges have you guys uh, seen uh, or, you know, just experiences with lighting, good and bad, over the years. And if uh, uh, Kimberly and Rebecca, if you guys want to take that first. Oh, sure. Go ahead, Kim. <laughs> well, I think that's one of the biggest battles that we have is because we don't have the technical capabilities. We can do everything do that but lighting. Um, everything but lighting. Yeah, we do. Bas- yeah, basically. And I'm like, one of these days I want to teach myself. Um, so we usually have to like beg one of the people that does know what they're doing to come and put it in. And then we go, we hate it (laughs) more. She's always saying more light, more More light, light, more light. light. And I'm like, one of these days I'm going to be able to read a book in my room. (laughs) And actually my room is one of the brightest rooms in the Yeah, but it looks so good. We have really high detailed sets and we want people to like, you'll never, you'll, I mean, you really need to take it in unless you're, you you need that lighting. Just we need lamps. everywhere we always make a joke that like we have lamps and bars and fireplace and fireplace in every room <laughs> like yeah lamps 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 to try to add to the like existing hot lighting that's going to come in too yeah and think about oh what's like going on here yeah like yeah yeah but we did a big build on the front of our hotel last year and i know that was one of our biggest things that we put in to try to we got make sure like that lights we got ned lights um, yep they were like bing bing and I was like totally let that hotel up looks amazing so it really can that is especially when you have to think about like what color use and how to bring out the colors in the room the best stuff like that color theory all that fun crap but Mm -hmm. um (laughs) 
sometimes it's just simple enough to be like, put up a chandelier and put some light bulbs in it. You know, like, I don't know, at least for us. Yeah, we're not, we're not the, uh, we don't do the lighting. We adore the lighting. We love we it, it, but we don't know how to do it. Yeah, we'll, we'll learn someday. But it is pretty important. Very important. <laughs> oh, yeah. You'd be surprised. I mean, just what you can accomplish with a, uh, you know, a plug-in flood floodlight and a rheostat. I mean, it, it doesn't take too much. It's directional and stuff. Do you guys, you know, being a, you know, vibrantly lit haunt and taking that aspect with it, do you do you come into challenges with your actors while trying to do that? Do you, do you find that they're unscrewing lights on you because they want a better, better scene and think they can jump out of a shadow? Unfortunately, yes. Um, but we've tried really to just reinforce with the actors, like, please, you don't know what you're doing. Stop touching our stuff. They they think by helping and we're like, Hey, it's not, yeah, they, they think it's being good Good from a good place. (laughs) Yeah. So we can't be really too mad at them. But when you go into a room and you're like, this light that I placed perfectly to light the room and you, you know, is you can't turn it off. Like, because you think being in the dark is scarier. It's just like you thinking more blood is scarier. You're wrong. And stop. Yeah. We love you, but stop. Yeah. You know, so I would, yes, every now and then you'll find like one of the pin lights pointed a different direction or one of the lights unscrewed or the, we have a dimmer and they'll uh, change the dim and Mm -hmm. you're like, wait a minute, this isn't right. So I I walk the floor, I walk the show every night before we start to make sure that that they're not doing anything sneaky. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. Yep. yep. And and they will. And and I don't think any haunts ever had a season where they don't have an actor go, Hey, have you ever? Yes. Yes, we have. We've yes. tried it. We've thought about it always. <laughs> Steve, what about you, especially at Fright Farm, where you have such a huge dynamic between outdoor trails, outdoor hayrides, and designing an indoor haunt? Um, lighting must, I mean, it must be a nightmare and a dream for you constantly. So here's the deal with lighting when it comes to fried farm. I do a small amount of accent lighting, mm-hmm. a, a large portion of our main facade lighting and set lighting um, is actually done primarily with floodlights. And that's done by uh, our two lighting techs and uh, maintenance guys, uh, Cam and Gary, they go around and these guys they don't stop until we open. They are balls to the walls and just keep going, keep going, run the cords and just put up more and more lights. And they get the place really colorful looking. I love a colorful haunt. I think it adds so much depth and, and, you know, just, just substance to the show that rich led hue. You can't touch that with an incandescent, you know, it's, it's, it's just so different, but, I do also love incandescence in certain areas. Um, one of my favorite little tricks is a nightlight bulb. And those little suckers you can get at Lowe's, they're like four and a half watts or five watts. And um, they're, they're really low. And, and if they're even too bright for your scene, I just throw a little dab of spray, black spray paint over them. And, you know, I put them in um, hangover lights on facades and stuff. Um, but little things like that. But for me, when I, when I prefer what I, what I prefer overall is um, DMX lighting. Uh, Cause a lot of my scenic, um, you know, scenes and stuff have um, controllers in them mm-hmm. and, and my, my scenes are all automated. So essentially the animatronic isn't triggered by its own sensor. The animatronics triggered by the, the show controller for that room. And that show controller controls all the lights and everything else. So for the most part, the entire show 
is dark for a majority with ambient lighting. Um, and then the show lighting will turn on and light up the room and things like that. So we have a lot of layering as far as the, um, the lighting effects go. And that, you know, all of our lighting is in effect to some degree. Oh, that's awesome. Especially the DMX, uh, you know, because some of that stuff is becoming so much more affordable and things. You don't need a $50,000 DJ setup to, to run and go that through. I mean, you know, I, I, I bought some uplighting for my wedding because it was friggin' cheaper to purchase it than to actually rent it for just the night. Yeah. Lights and it it has a capability in future. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be part of my yard at one point. We're going to do something cool with the lighting with this. So so it's real neat the technology going with it, and especially dynamic color. I, I'd always learned that it's so neat how different a shadow can be under a red light compared to a blue light. Uh, Absolutely for the LEDs, and then also thank God for LEDs because now you blow out less breakers than trying to do the iridescence and the uh, fog machines oh. at once. And running and and oh god, running the power for it—that's mm -hmm. there. There's nothing. I would run 12 volt over 110 every day of the week, you know, because there's always a risk. You know, you got to be careful where you run 110. You just can't throw that up. You just can't toss extension cords over places. You know, a lot of people are just like, ah, oh, just throw it up, get it done. You know, that's that's how you know that's how fires happen and stuff. And you know, the less fire you have, the better. You know, and. No, no, I just, I'm, I'm big on, you know, electricity, you know, my, when I worked at hundred acres manor, you know, um, Colin who did the main, main electrics there, he, he was very, very, uh, very adamant on, on making sure we were all, all up to date. Listen, extension cords, we don't bury them. We don't tuck them. We don't do this. They are ran out the wall on the, uh, the temporary clips you know, so stuff like that, you know, I've, I've had to really take with me and stuff. And, you know, it, it, it helps a lot because, you know, it, it, all it takes is just a little, Hey, a bump to a friend and say, Hey, you're, you're keeping up, you know, heck yeah. You know, that's, and that's important because I feel like as an industry as a whole too, I mean, I feel like that's uh, electrical is a big deal, you know, if, when you're doing your show, because the more and more we get advanced and progress in our industry, the more electric is becoming demanding within our shows. So 12 volt, I feel like is a huge help when it comes to that, um, because, you know, 12 volt, it doesn't have a code in most states. It doesn't have a code. When I was in Georgia, they wanted you to run it horizontally um, in all one direction throughout the building, which I, I would never do again. But um, unless I absolutely had to. But uh, for the most part, you know, no, it's 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 low voltage. There's no risk. And if you, if you nick a wire or wires cross it, it just, you know, you blow a little fuse, you know, like, uh, there's those little fuse boxes that, you know, the 12 volt power distribution boxes. Um, when I, when I got a bunch of LEDs from Ned's LEDs, you know, he sells those on his site too. So I grabbed one of those, you know, and they've got little independent fuses in them and you can run lines to each individual rooms throughout your haunt. So, you know, each room, you know, a little thing happens here or there. It only busts the little fuse back the thing and your whole show doesn't go to crap. And a lot of haunts wire their show, you know, in, in not in, you know, in series, you know, they wire it just alpha one big power supply. And if you have your main line get compromised, your whole lighting in your show is screwed. So this little box that I, I mean, that, I love those things, you know. Yeah, but that, I, ne that I, never uh, happens on the slow night at the beginning of the year. That always happens on the day weekend. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it sometimes you you can prevent it, but sometimes just things happen. You know, like I, I'll I will take every step I can possibly take 
to ensure that we aren't going to have a hang up during operation because the, the inevitable always happens. You know, you can't, you can't, um, you can't have enough hands to conquer all the issues that come up in a night, you know, cause it's just natural that stuff happens, you know, Oh, well, this thing came unbolted, you know, well, it's like, Oh, we use the, the, you know, we used anchors, you know, why is it coming unbolted? Oh, well, we got unexpected moisture in this area and it, it became rotted throughout half the year. Great. You know, and you know, stuff like that happens and, you know, you, we just got to, um, you know, we have groundhogs and things like that too. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're big out, of, out of the farm. They love tearing our stuff up and uh, raccoons, all sorts of little critters. So we have, we have things that just kind of like, Oh, there's a nest in here now. It doesn't work, you know? So we love finding that stuff during operation. Absolutely. Uh, you know, that, that that's a great point. Uh, Kim and Rebecca, do you guys design with like worst case scenario in mind also when you're uh, doing the layout and figuring out uh, different scenes, rooms, and the haunt as a whole? You kind of have to think about like what, what bad things could happen. Uh, <laughs> well, we have like areas like higher. How do I explain that? Um, for- they're really good jump scare or something like that. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm having a brain fart. So we build high impact areas. Yes, thank you. So mm-hmm. we build those areas where you're really getting like a jump scare, a little safer. Is that is that a good answer to the question? Yeah. I don't know, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I think that we always um, I, we always try to think about like, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if the customer does this? What if the customer does that? What if the actor does this? What if the actor does that? I think it helps because... Um, we we do think about that and we also think about like we want everyone to be safe we want everybody to be safe and then we always try to think about if we're slower where can the actors sit down and take a break where can they hide their snack where can they hide their water um because we've been to too many haunts where you can see all that stuff yeah i don't know that would be worse for me that's the worst thing you can see but so i don't (laughs) know worst case but yeah we i guess we always think about that and how are they going to get out if there's an emergency? How are they going to get security in here? Yeah, definitely. I don't know if that even answered the question. Or not. I'm oh, sorry. absolutely. <laughs> no, absolutely. One of the, one of the, go ahead. I was just going to say, no, you hit everything on there, especially the, uh, you know, you, you try and prepare for everything that an actor or customer will do and they will surprise you every year. And like the garden. Cleaning stuff. Oh yeah, we, we have emergency have... things in the hallways too. For like, if something breaks really fast, um, glass. We have like if someone pukes, barf stuff. Yeah. You know the powder. Everything is like literally at we your fingertips. If there's an emergency, we can handle it very quickly. So yeah. we do. Uh, we plan everything from outside, inside, and mm-hmm. within the maze mm-hmm. to make sure everyone's safe. And if something bad happens, we handle it super fast. There we go. It's better to yeah. prepare than to go, man, I should have set that up. Yeah. So these are all things we think about too. And then like we over prepare oh, actually maybe a light yeah. bulb that they can, if something happens, they could screw it back in easy for the actor to find more me. I have like all kinds of stuff in my room. So I'll sometimes have people like on staff run in while we're open and be like, uh, where's this? Well, I got it right here. Hold on. Yeah. I got a little drawer set right there. We are fully prepared. We are they, if they, and if they can't find me or they can't get to me, she knows where it is. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's surprising how many haunts aren't prepared like that. That, you know, it, you know, some people say, oh, well, we're over-prepared. And then when something happens, they're like, oh, well, shit, we weren't prepared for that. I don't think you know being over-prepared. Well, you know what? Honestly, I think that the reason why we are so over-prepared 
because we've dealt with a lot of crazy scenarios and we have learned mm-hmm. and uh, we're working. Yeah. Every we don't ever want to deal with that. So if something yeah. crazy does happen, we learn from it and we, how, how do I word that right? Like um, we're like, we don't ever want to have to deal with this in this way. What yeah. can we do to make that yeah. easy so, for us next time? Yeah. I was talking to Harry Siebert who uh, worked at the Scaratorium and, um, uh, the 13th floor haunted attraction. And he told me that he actually, when every time he heard something that happened at another haunt that he'd never dealt with, he would write it down. Oh, okay. He, so kept, that- a li- he kept a list of all these yeah. things he's heard happen at other haunts and, you know, had to convince the owners, we need to be prepared in case something right. like this happens. Oh, it'll never happen. And he insisted, no, we got to do this. And at one season, I want to say, it was the first season that, um, uh, uh, God, the 13th, uh, 13th floor took over half of what was on the list happened in the first week. Oh, wow. And Daddy. he's like, and they're like, told you, <laughs> you know, wow. it's like you said, th- you said this was stupid, but they'd uh-huh. never heard of some of this stuff. Yeah. And, no, I mean, and, the, and the gentleman who, who ran, who was, uh, you know, overseeing everything worked for another haunted attraction for 25 years and he had never heard, half of what was had happened he's like i've never seen this happen before welcome to ohio <laughs> i love ohio i think one of the i think one of the things that nobody has been able to prepare for especially this year is the fact that lumber costs have gone up almost 250 percent from last year how have That's you ridiculous. guys yeah it is and nobody seems to know why how have you guys been able to, or have you guys adapted to that? Are you building less with wood and more with other materials or are you just spending the money? I mean, you know, one of the biggest things you see on the social medias for haunt pages is I can't believe the price of lumber is, you know, is this now it was this last year. Now it's like, you know, this and Holy crap. What are we going to do this year? Oh, the best thing I saw was somebody go, somebody posted. Yeah. I tried to build a birdhouse and the bank turned down my loan. so you know that gives you an idea how bad it is well um you know it it, for me it it, when it comes to lumber you know i just throughout the years the one thing that has helped me when it came when it come down to this high lumber price is just in my past i i i've been around because i you've seen the show american pickers everybody right everyone's aware of that i'm before I did haunted houses, super hardcore, I was a picker and uh, I would go to antique shops and sell stuff. So like through my travels, especially in PA and being that I had been doing the farm in PA, it was really helpful. You know, it's been really helpful for me to like go and revisit some of my old like picking spots. Cause I know these guys have barns full of lumber or barns full of, you know, old barns that can tear down and like, you know, just having those contacts in my back pocket was, a, has been a big help. But ultimately, um, you know, Facebook marketplace, when someone's thrown away, you know, hey, look for people getting rid of their old fences in their backyards. Like you can use fencing as picket fencing as siding on buildings and stuff like you can, you know, you can stack it like house siding. You can do like just horizontal or vertical, like, you know, shack siding with it, whatever. And like it's a big and a lot of the times, too, it's so sun bleached. And it's already got some green on it, you know, it's a little bit of moss or whatever. Um, that's that's slowly growing inside of it or on top of it. You know, you don't even really have to do much as far as like painting it goes. So it's pretty much just 
bring it in, cut it, tack it up with a staple, you know, pneumatic stapler and boom, you know, like that's been a huge help just trying to build scenes basically like, how can I use, how can I use fence pickets here? You know, or this or that. Um, some people like you get like old department stores that are also going out of business. Look for the ones that are like getting torn apart, like an old Kmart in your area that's getting torn apart. They got steel studs. Yeah, some of them are pretty rough, but sometimes you can find sections of wall. And I know people that have been been really hunkering down and trying to source like old steel studs and things like that, like the, or the aluminum studs, I should say, um, you know, and using those to build with. And the fire marshals love those to begin with anyways. Um, another thing that I have dipped into is the Amish um, over in Lancaster, PA, um, the Amish they have their lumber. And fortunately for us, um, the owner of our attraction is very, uh, very in good with a lot of people in the areas. Um, so, uh, you know, if we need, uh, you know, a couple hundred sheets of plywood or whatever, you know, we contact our friends down there and, you know, they'll say, oh yeah, here. And it's not inflated. You know, it's, 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 it's a, it's reasonable. It's not the price that you would pay at Lowe's or Home Depot normally, but it's, you know, it's 15, 10 or 15% higher, you know, than what we are used to paying. And yes, it's a little expensive for that, but it's way cheaper than what Lowe's and Home Depot have right now. There was a lumber shop in Charlotte that for years always had a sign out there, free pallets, couldn't give away pallets. That yeah. sign ain't there anymore. No. Apparently pallets are hot now. I don't know, but. Where is it? Let's go right now. <laughs> You know, I, right. I'm actually sitting here on Home Depot's website and a four by eight sheet of OSB board half inch is $37. Oh, geez. That's a deal. Well, that's <laughs> cool. This year. Big, right? And I, I, have, I actually have a quick question. Does anybody, is, is everybody like, I see, I just see so much on, on like Hunter's Hangout, like just other forms and stuff. Where? does everybody why does everybody gravitate towards osb you know I've, I've never understood that i mean like osb is is now i mean even before the pandemic and like the prices went down of lumber osb had gotten up in price on its own and it was right at, it was right there with like three quarter inch ply okay it's it's right up there in the price with the plywood and the plywood just takes to the paint so much better it just looks so much better on the wall in haunts you know compared to osb because osb it looks like crap when you paint it, you know, it, it doesn't, it doesn't read well for like a smooth wall or like a, this is a wall inside of a mansion or a, you know, a, a you know, in a hospital or something. And like, I don't know, I've always wondered that, like, does everyone like, you know, I just don't, you know, it, it kind of like questions it, you know, what's up with the ply? Why does everyone hate plywood so much? Like, why does everyone like OSB? I don't even know. Yeah, I don't know. We just, <laughs> we just use what we have. Yeah, like I've got a whole bunch yeah. of it. And I, yeah, because we we used to have another attraction in the back that the that the city made us take down. So we've just kind of been shopping back there. Yeah, uh, we and also, we do have an abandoned Kmart next door. Yeah, so maybe we'll go look there too. Yeah, <laughs> we've actually bought out of haunted attractions, and we have over two hundred wall panels fully built in the back of the haunt. Like we actually have wood storage behind the haunt right now. I hope I don't get robbed for saying that. <laughs> but whenever we need something, we just go to the back and get whatever we need. Yeah, basically. And if we the don't name have of your, the name of your haunt is Erebus, right? No. Oh. 
Yeah, let me just pop on my little motorized cart and just oh. go. Yeah, down tell me. Yeah. I love that part. <laughs> but I That's think funny. that we, we're, we we're always resourceful. Get, I was going to say, people yeah. always joke with us and they're like, how did you make that? And we're like, out of kitty litter. We love trash. We love, uh, we oh, actually, okay. we just went for, there like no. that. We like went for a walk behind our Kmart next door. Like it was, we live, we literally have an abandoned Kmart next door. Yeah. We went for a walk back there and somebody had dumped out a work trailer full of wood. And we were like, yay, free wood. Yeah. And just took it back to the haunted house. Like we I thought it now. It's in the streets. We, we built an amazing set out of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Well, one thing I remember uh, hundred when you were working at Hundred Acres Manor, you guys had a sound setup like nothing I'd ever seen. I could not believe how clean your sound setup. And I mean, and I remember uh, Ethan uh, went on Facebook Live and debuted the track that I had custom done for the haunt, and I could not believe how clean from that distance it sounded. Most haunts yep. sounds like you know it sounds like they're blowing you know you're farting through a microphone, and yeah. it, I, it, how how important is sound to your haunts compared to uh, uh, with everything else in line? Sound for me is um, that's my baby because you can do great scenes for me for me a haunted house you have to if you're gonna do great scenes you gotta accompany it with great actors great set lighting and great sound like. You, 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 you don't want, it's, you know, I like just like, it's, it has to be for me a good flow and like, you have to have the high points and then the low points, obviously, but like, you can't have a super like high point in one category and then like a super low in the other category. Cause it kind of like, it, it, it singles it out. And then like, you know, when something's a little lackluster compared to another aspect of the show, it can stick out like a sore thumb and, and some customers like, who really are like, you know, immersion, you know, like theme park and th like people that just enjoy the theme park, you know, worlds, like when they go on vacation stuff, like they look to their local haunted houses for that, that type of like experience. So you do, you know, a lot hunters like, Oh, the customers aren't paying attention that much. You know, I hear that so much. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like maybe, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, they weren't like paying that close attention, but they absolutely are now. So like, mm -hmm. you know, for me, sound is, is really important because sound is like that super super like important thing to help emerge the customers into your your theme that you're doing but like 100 acres manor i mean that sound system was like insane like you know you, you talk about big haunts you, know, you got house of shock you know they do a great they've done a crazy sound system you know they, their stuff's great as well but like you know places like the manor i you know i wasn't too familiar with it with the setup of it uh colin shanahan was the main guy behind that sound my system. boy he he is he is i'll tell you what I, if I, if he don't he doesn't do it like he doesn't go to haunts and do sound but i'll tell you what if he did i'd bring him on every job <laughs> oh dude uh, he, he if, if he wanted a crew to in front of house sound for for any band he'd have it like that yeah and um but you know like that the the quality of your 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 material you know that you put into your show too it just it always reads back and you know you use cheap speakers don't expect you know 100 like adobe quality sound here you know this isn't you know and, and you know i hear so many people like oh my sound my, you know like i just can't get the sound good in my place you know and you know when i rust i go do my, you know these installations and stuff and 
you know, I, I, like that was one thing here at Carnage. We, we've been really, really, really head on with trying to get a, a really perfect sound system in the haunt and wiring the speakers throughout the attraction and series. You know, like I'm really big on taking an amplifier and guess what? You know, your, 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 your amps that you're using to pump sound into your show, they got left and right channels. And if you know what you're doing on, on Audacity, you can split your main Midnight Syndicate or whatever track you're playing on the left channel. And then on the right channel, you're going to put your gore galore, whatever soundtrack, whatever you want. And you're going to run the left line to one part of your haunt and the right line to the other part of your haunt. And then that way you're out of one amp, you're getting two soundtracks. So people, you know, you can go on Amazon and get yourself a, you know, $150 amplifier and, 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 and that's a 5,000 watt amp, you know, that that's fine, you know, and that's, that's suitable for running, you know, a series of speakers in your show. But um, I know haunts that, that to take it way further than that. And that's pretty basic for me. And I try to, you know, do it like that, you know, where I'm at just because of maintenance and stuff too. Like that's a big thing that I have to focus on and I have to continue to like really, really, you know, put a lot of my focus into is making sure that anything that I do for a haunted house, like when I'm doing my freelance work, I have to, um, I have to make it manageable, like not manageable for me, manageable for the person that literally if they were to walk up to this, they wouldn't know the, the audio cable from the power cable. Like it, you know, you have to, I, I, it's making it easy. is like super important for me too, when I'm doing stuff. And I feel like that's really something to, no matter what you're doing, you should really cling on to is making the ease of, of uh, maintenance on anything. Ladies, what about you guys? Well, I think that we probably are not on the highest end uh, as it comes to sounds or soundtracks. Okay, so we, we have really great speakers and we have sound, but we have not mastered going into in individual rooms. Like we are not musical technicians. <laughs> we, we might need some help with that. We do have a great soundtrack. We have, you can definitely hear the music. We do have different music in other rooms, but we're working on making it better and doing more. But again, um, okay, two things. Kimberly and I cannot do electrical. Yes, yeah. I'm and um, we can play music all day, but we, we're going to need some help with placing it. And, yeah, we yeah. got that. So we have like a main, like basically when you come in, you're going to have the party, party, party music. We're in line music. Obviously not this year because of COVID because people were in their cars. Yeah. But normally... Um, and then when you come into the there's a main soundtrack, but then a lot of our actors have pre-approved music that they're playing on their sets and they're supposed to keep it at a volume where it's just like, just the parlor has this particular kind music, of music. Yeah. And then when they get to the country saloon, that's more like country music, music or yeah. like the music mm -hmm. fits the, the atmosphere a little bit more. And I have because I'm the actor manager also, I have group chats where they send me like their playlist so I can be like, okay, maybe not that, that's not really haunted housey, you know, like, and so other than that, like we don't really have a lot of like crazy stuff we do with sound. We do have a, a couple animatronics that make sound, but mostly it's just like a main, main soundtrack and then individual actor approved soundtracks, I guess, including myself. And I do get compliments from our customers Mm -hmm. on my playlist they'll be like i really like this song and they'll be like oh really yeah but you know it kind of people have people do notice so i will agree with some, whoever said that earlier like they really do they notice like, they notice everything especially if you take that thing away they're gonna be like wait that's not here this time what's going on you know 
Well, I'm looking at the clock here, and we do need to start winding this down just a little bit because no doubt everybody is getting ready for Trans World, and everybody has <laughs> got lots and lots of things to do here in the middle of build season. So uh, any final questions from the hosts? Well, I, I just wanted to comment on a, a last thing with uh, Kim and Rebecca is, why do you let your actors know where the sound is? Oh, oh no, they have like, they have a little Bluetooth speaker. Yes, yeah, still, still, you just, you know, it's, it's put a fake one on the wall. I mean, even myself, my first haunting job, yeah. um, I was part of a, um, I don't know how do you say, a large conspiracy on the final night to replace the sound at one of the houses oh, just to fun. do a joke on them. And uh, <laughs> I, I created the CD. It had some Weird Al songs. It had like Werewolves of London. It was you know, supposed to be a little homage to everything else. I didn't know that the actor who switched the CD took the right CD away from him. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so that, that almost got me fired because that was like one of our biggest nights ever. And, you know, they're looking for the music for one of our uh, main attraction houses. And I'm like hiding in a corner. I'm like, I don't know. I just made the music for it. It's, you know, it's, why is it playing Weird Al? And I'm like, oh, God, I'm hearing the radios blow up and stuff. So, yeah, no, just uh, fake volume controls for your actors. You know, it's, it's like the thermostats at offices. Over that, yeah. So so the, so the theme of that CD was Dare to be Stupid that night, I think. It. Uh, almost. I mean, it, it sounded like a great plan. There was a little song in each of the other six houses to, you know, do that one. And that's one of the houses that had been playing jokes on us the whole season. Just uh, oh. they did it so late. I didn't know that they would take the CD with them, the right music. And it just happened to be a huge, massive crowd. Yeah. So, yeah, Ed Gannon almost fired me that night. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> really every now and then you might know, get a Rick Roll on a playlist but I don't know <laughs> and we won't even and get into the reality, so <laughs> we won't get into the BMI ASCAP aspects of commercial music uh, that's but another that, show those, right, right. those Bluetooth speakers too you guys gotta be, you gotta be careful with those it's like there's a lot of people that are uh um, getting the uh, powered PA, I use I use them myself really religiously. Powered PA speakers, and wow. uh, they have little SD card ports on the back, them, so you can put your music on the card and just pop it in the speaker, plug it in, throw it wherever you want. And it'll actually repeat it too. It's they're pretty cool. But Thank like, you, um, you know, at uh, Ethan uh, over at Haunted Web, uh, he told me that he had a problem this past year with uh, customers in line tapping into the bluetooth setting on those speakers and playing oh, their wow. own music in the queue line oh that yeah. could be problems <laughs> so that to us but holy smoke there was that one guy there's that one guy trying to get us to play his demo that i heard about i don't really get to get up front very much because i'm in my room but i hear all the crazy stories from my my friends it's like yeah they were like oh here's our demo <laughs> and then the guy tried to rap i don't know we get some wildness <laughs> Ethan wanted me to come out and perform live in the uh, in the uh, at the haunt a couple years ago, and I'm like, yeah, no, <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. I remember how you know that's funny, Stag, because he would talk about that a lot when we worked together. He would say, you know, man, he's like, oh, I'm trying to get Jerry. I want Jerry to come out here and play live. You know, that's that's I remember him saying that. When we no, I'd be playing. To, I would literally be playing to a recorded track and nobody yeah. would. I'd just shut the volume off and pretend. <laughs> 
Well, we were talking about, we were supposed to be doing a, uh, the, uh, it was called Can You Hear the Fear, the music of Hundred Acres Manor, because you guys were using my music, 90% of it was yeah. at the haunt. And he was talking about that literally from the first year and he, up until when he finally left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your your music really honestly helped shame, uh, uh, not shame, Jesus. Uh, Damn. Jake. <laughs> it, it helped. Uh, Thank you. Good night. <laughs> shapes the uh, the manners image, honestly, um, because that was you know your music was introduced in the early days of its birth, and that's that actually that's actually really cool. We brought that up because it is as 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 coincidental as it is, Jerry. You know, you being here and this and that, and the, you know, and and the, having your music at the manor, um, that just goes to show right there how much music at your haunt can influence the image of your haunt because a lot of people when they hear your music they think hundred acres manor too you know but the, i actually wow. it, the weird I, it was weird i think it was 20 oh god i forgot i can't remember it was 2015 when when i did the custom track for for uh for the manor and at mhc the following year uh, no, actually, I take that back. It was actually 2014 into the track, and it, so it was it was 2015. And I had people coming up to the booth at MAC going, "Yeah, um, I I just from Hundred Acres hearing you at Hundred Acres Manor, and that right. and you uh, the guys with uh, Badger and Jim were there at the booth as well, and they they heard that too. And it was like that's the first time I'd ever heard that. You know, I mean, people, oh, I heard you from the show. I heard you, at the, but to have so many people say, oh, I heard you at Hundred Acres Manor was kind of it was weird you know and i it, it was it's quite an honor i mean i enjoy what i do and you know if anybody plays my music you know god bless you thank you yeah. you know if you say i suck well then you know, f off so <laughs> <laughs> any final questions well we still have we badger it. on my phone <laughs> yes we do well before i lose the wi-fi well, it's been an absolute pleasure to have all three of you come on the show, especially Steve at last second here to talk about set design and the ways that it helps your haunt and everything. This is the part of the show that we like to call the plugs, where basically you can plug your haunt, plug your various ventures. You know, if you freelance, how can people get more information if you have websites and social medias and all that good stuff? Let's start with Steve. Um, for people who want more information about, you know, you have a company, I believe, called Rusty Razor Studios. And, yeah. you know, for people who want to know more about Fright Farm and some of the other work you do, how can people get more information? Well, um, as far as Fright Farm goes, Fright Farm is, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, at Fright Farm. Um, and uh, as far as what I do, if you're ever interested in having uh, any of any sort of animation uh, for scenic elements or um, any scenic design in general. Uh, I do animatronic installation, sound, lighting, anything, anything regarding tech for haunted houses. I, I supply as a service through Rusty Razor Studios. The website is rustyrazor.net. Um, so as far as that goes, that's, uh, that's my plugs. But uh, real quick, though, since we are talking about scenic design, um, I wanted to give a shout out to a young, I think a young guy who's, who's really being a rising star in, in the field here. His name is Carlos Riveras and uh, he's a new guy. He's a young guy. He's just starting at this and he is really taken off. And I just kind of wanted to take this little bit of time 
to uh, really talk about that, you know, because uh, I think that's really important that the young, youth, younger youth of the industry here is uh, really something important to uh, kind of, you know, push because that is the future of the business too. Younger uh, youth of the industry. How old are yeah. you? As opposed I, to the I, as compared, a, compared to, but I feel old like I seriously. <laughs> I am twenty five, but I feel like I am sixty years oh, old. Oh Jesus! As opposed, I got to guitars the older, older than you, dude. My body, my body is, <laughs> is really messed up. I won't go. Uh, I don't want to too much detail, but it's uh, I got a lot of muscle problems, and uh, it's all haunted house stuff. Oh, one eight hundred. Wham! <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, shit. <laughs> I'm wearing socks that I bought when you were three. So let's not talk about that. But uh, anyway, <laughs> Rebecca and Kimberlina, tell us about Exit 13, how people can get more information about that when you guys open and all the websites, social medias, all that good stuff so they can come experience that. And do you think, assuming things go in a positive manner, will you be back to being a touch haunt this year? I don't know. I, hopefully, obviously, I would like to get back to like normal, normal, but we'll have to wait and see how the restrictions all pan out. But obviously, like fingers crossed on that. Um, if they give us the go, we're going to touch everyone. Say, if, yes. if they'll let us. Yeah, we're going to be touching. Yes. Um, so then also we have uh, all the social media, basically Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Snapchat, TikTok all for the haunted house, all under exit 13 haunt. And then you have to go also follow Rebecca on Instagram and like all her pictures. Yay. Exit 13. Oh, her, her, her <laughs> your amazing make, your makeup, makeup artist. Amazing. My goodness. Yeah. Thank you. Very talented. Oh, you guys, thank you. That's basically it. Like we're on all the social medias and uh, we got some cool stuff on there. And if you have a question, Kimberlina answers like so fast. Oh, yeah, like Kimberlina handles all that. Most <laughs> yeah. of the time, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I, we don't we don't really we've never been hired. Well, I've done a couple of movies and stuff, but we've never been hired as like anybody for anything else. We just mostly do our work in-house and try to do our best. And if we can't do it, find somebody who will. <laughs> nice. There you go. Well, folks, it has been a fascinating discussion again. Thank you so much to our guests who have taken their time away from build season and prepping for trans world to come on and talk to us about set design, scenic design, and all sorts of stuff. Also would like to thank our hosts, including storm, you know, nine years of just doing this show itself, been involved in the haunt industry for 20 years now. And that is the first time I've heard of a customer bringing their demo to a haunt. That is <laughs> freaking amazing. But also, Badger, I don't know if you caught it with your shoddy, you know, haunted uh, Taco Bell Wi-Fi. <laughs> Steve is living the dream. There is still hope for us. He's building Amish sourced haunt. Yes. We're living the dream. Steve, one day Badger and I have said on a bus tour going through rural Ohio, we said one day we need to build an Amish haunt. So, so you, you living the dream. There's still hope for our Amish haunt. Come by the booth. Me to do the we'll damn talk. soundtrack. Damn right we do. All uh, acoustic, of course. With a mariachi oh, band. <laughs> come by the haunt. We will talk. Come by the booth. 1434. We're talking.
Badger, uh, not Badger, but Stor- Storm still is waiting for me to do that. Uh, Arbor, the Arbor Day Amish soundtrack. Yeah, that that. Yep. And, uh, I'm I'm waiting for that. I'm waiting for the mariachi one. And then you know you got us all excited over the uh, the past year with teasing us with a, Jer- a very Jerry Christmas. So I'm. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> Oh God. <laughs> I would buy that. Yeah, I don't even like Christmas music. That sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> also, okay. would, also would like to thank Meat Hook Jim. I'm the boring guy in the group here, so <laughs> shut up. But with the coolest background next to, wait, no, hold on. What's Kim and Rebecca? Hold on, wait a second. Oh, I didn't see that. That's pretty cool. Oh, they're <laughs> both they're both cool. I can't decide. Hold on. <laughs> that's like one of our. That's one of our. Mm-hmm. Also, all, right. all, I, all, all I have is a, a, a boring workshop. That's it. Hey, are... Yeah, but it's <laughs> clean. What the hell? Oh, really... oh no, <laughs> clean. Look at this big pile of bolts right here. What are you talking about? Oh my god, it's a pile of bolts. For our <laughs> listeners at home, it is literally a pile of bolts on the floor. That's right. You, you can put bolts. them there, bro. You know where I found this pile of bolts? I found these pile of, this pile of bolts on the side of the road. Someone, this five-gallon bucket fell off the side of somebody's truck, and I went up there with the magnet sweeper and swept them all up just because I didn't want them on the road. I don't want someone to get the something up their tire, but like I seen that I was like, wait a minute, these are actually really good bolts. Like there's brass bolts in here, and I'm like, I'm keeping these. So there you go. A there true go. Steve is a true outdoor <laughs> haunt builder because he has a magnet sweeper. <laughs> Yeah. I can't, can't tell you how many times I've spent looking for one nail to make sure it didn't end up in a tractor tire. Uh, we're always also, would like to thank yeah. Jerry Vane before we lose Ooh. complete control. <laughs> uh, the next haunt CD has officially started. It is called Excellent. the Marion. It, it is called the Marionette. Ooh. That's the working title. I will be debuting a new track. On this upcoming show, yeah, darn right. Nice. I thought for a second. My name is Drew Badger. Hoping that when Jerry said that, he was going to say the Mariachi Band Metal Project that he was going to say. But unfortunately, <laughs> the Marionette's cool too. That 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 sounds. We we can't wait to hear the new track here. My name is Drew Badger. Once again, I will be at Trans World Booth fourteen thirty four. If you are listening to this while you are in St. Louis, come by and say hello. This is the Round Table of Terror here on the Big Scary Show. And Storm's not jumping in. Mm. You, you had Thanks. me all again. I'm distracted. Again. <laughs> he I'm said distracted the, by demo he tapes. Said, I'm distracted yeah. by Amish things. And then you said marionette. <laughs> so I'm looking through ten years of photos to find a, a, a great picture of one of our actors as a marionette. And I'm like, I gotta send this to Jerry. This is awesome. So I, I'm just distracted. <laughs> I think he I think he put that little pause in there just to tease us. He said the Mary the marionette. The, the, the mariachi band? Yes! Uh, I hiccuped. <laughs> oh sure.
Black Moon Asylum on the Big Scary Show.
And ladies and gentlemen, it's time to see if you're listening closely to the show. It is time for the May Gruesome Giveaway by our very good friends at ScreamlineStudios.com. Head on over to ScreamlineStudios.com, peruse their wide range of very, very cool products, pick something out, or if you're lucky, you might win something this month courtesy of The Big Scary Show. I'm going to ask you a question. The answer is in the show. All you have to do is send us your name, your phone number, and the answer to contest at BigScaryShow.com before midnight on May 17th. And a random entrant will be selected, and you could be the winner. Now, without further ado, the question for May is, During Deadline News, I read about a haunt that was permanently closing. What is the name of that haunted attraction? If you think you know the answer, email us again your name and your phone number to contest at BigScaryShow.com before midnight on May 17th. Random entrant will be selected, and you could be a winner of a great prize from ScreamlineStudios.com. We always want to thank Screamline Studios for their incredible line of products that they send us each and every month to give away to you guys previous winners and family members of the big scary show are not eligible to win good luck everybody and get those entries in greetings listeners and welcome welcome watch out don't trip over that torso it's time for between the the Corpses. Corpses. Greetings, listeners. Meat Hook Jim here. And on this episode of Between the Corpses, we are traveling to Madagascar. About half of the Madagascar population practices traditional religions with 41% of the population practicing Christianity. The link between the living and the dead is a common belief among the Malagasy people. The spirit world is just as important as the physical world. Spirits join their ancestors' world, but remain until the body decomposes and the turning of the bones ritual takes place. The Catholic Church didn't always approve of this ritual, but now they consider it a cultural tradition rather than religious. The turning of the bones ritual, or famadiana, is a celebration and act of love and respect for the dead. Usually, around every seven years, the ritual occurs. It's like a family reunion as it brings the family together to honor the deceased. Famadiana is also a time of celebration and laughter rather than mourning. Families get the bodies from the tomb, remove the old silk, and rewrap them in fresh silk. They then hold them in the air while dancing around the tomb. The celebration includes music, dancing, food, drinks, and telling stories about the deceased. Typical meals served are stews and soups, zebu meat, sweets, rum, as well as other food and drinks. After sunset, the bodies are returned to their tombs with funeral gifts such as money or alcohol. The bodies are put face down to close the cycle of life and death. There is a ritual cleaning and then the tomb is sealed, which is an emotional moment for the family. The turning of the bones ritual of Madagascar is not as popular today as it once was. 
It's only been around since the 17th century, but some Malagasy people think the tradition is outdated. The celebration also is too expensive for many families, since the silk shrouds and tombs aren't cheap. Families may save up money for several years to build a family crypt. They believe in spending money on their ancestors and their tombs rather than on themselves and their homes. That's a bit interesting, isn't it? Um, who'd have thunk? We'll catch you on the next episode. Ready to dress up your show? Need to pump new life into old props? Just want to show something no one else has? Do what Alice Cooper, Distortions Unlimited, and A-list haunters all over the world do. Wear Von Karen. Durable, handcrafted, dependable, year after year. Von Karen. When you scare enough to wear the very best. Von Karen.com. V-O-N. C-H-A-R-O-N dot com The legend of Frankenstein once again brings terror and nightmare to the screen in Lady Frankenstein. Joseph Cotton is Baron Frankenstein. The buttons, fingers. Devil with his face, I don't care what he looks like. I want him to live. Sarah Bay is Lady Frankenstein. That is what they called your father's life's work, a monster. And they're right. They are not right. She's beautiful. She's evil. And she'll do anything for love. Would you like to have my body bend to you? Would you like to make love to me? She creates a new, more terrifying monster. And only the monster she creates can satisfy her strange desires. Using her beauty and her scalpel, she cuts deeply into men's hearts. Yes, you're right. Kill it. There has never been a movie like Lady Frankenstein. Rated R. Jerry Vane. Cirque du Macabre from the CD Circus of Nightmares. A big scary show exclusive.
As we slide back into the swamp where we hid the body, we would like to thank the following sponsors. Screenline Studios, Dark Imaginings, Fright Finder, Haunt Pay, Creepy Collection, and Von Caron Productions. We would also like to thank Virgil Franklin, Master of the Ether Muse, as well as the four hosts, including Storm, Ransom Moore, HauntMinute.com, Badger, Actor Trainer and Consultant, RabbitBadger.org, Meat Hook Jim, check out his other podcast at WrestleHorror.com, and Jerry Vane, the Haunstrumentalist, JerryVane.com, and finally you. Without you, the listener, we are nothing. The Big Scary Show is copyright Big Scary Show LLC, and no rebroadcast of this show may be made without express permission of the owners. All music used on The Big Scary Show is used with expressed permission of the artists themselves.